Welcome to the Innocence Project London podcast. My name is Louise Hewitt and I'm the director of the organisation. The Innocence Project London is a pro bono law clinic and charity which deconstructs claims of innocence from convicted individuals who exhausted the criminal appeals process. We aim to make applications to the Criminal Cases Review Commission. Welcome to this edition of the Innocence Project London podcast. And I'm joined today by someone who I've worked with for a very long time. Um, Lydia, would you like to introduce yourself? Of course. Hi, Louise. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. So my name is Lydia Stoika, and currently I'm a graduate teaching assistant in criminology at the University of Greenwich. But before this, I used to be a student here. I completed both my bachelor and my master's here in criminology and criminal psychology. And I've started working on the Innocence Project London when I was in my second year of uni. So it's been about four and a half years now. And you've stayed, haven't you? And I've stayed, absolutely. As I've told you before, I'm probably never going to leave the Innocence Project because I just can't see myself not doing innocence work after all of this time and how attached I became with the project. Oh, so I'm so, well, I'm so happy to hear that. You know, I don't want you to go anywhere anyway. So, um, but thank you so much for joining me today. So if you can cast your mind back to that second year of your undergraduate degree, what made you want to join the Innocence Project London? What was it? Yeah, really trying to. So (laughs) I wasn't really aware of Innocence Projects or Innocence Work before I came to uni. Um, And then I started finding out about Innocence Work uh, in my studies when I was studying criminology. And then on a wonderful, wonderful day in my first year of university, you just appeared in my lecture theater. uh, (laughs) I just popped up in the lecture theater. You just popped up. I thought I I would just have a normal, regular Foundations of Criminology lecture. But thankfully, you came along and you introduced the project and you said you were recruiting criminology students. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was... 2017, I think that was the first year, actually, where you decided to take on yeah. criminology students. Yeah, it was, yeah. Isn't it? Uh, so when you were talking about the project and I found out the Innocence Project London is actually at Greenwich and I have an opportunity to join it, I was already starting to become like really passionate about innocence work uh, from my studies. And so there was a no-brainer, really. I immediately decided I'm going to apply and I can't wait to apply and I can't wait to start doing this work if hopefully I am successful, which thankfully I was. And, and here you are. all started. And here you are and here you've been ever since. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was just the perfect opportunity for me because I think ever since I can remember, I just had a really strong negative response towards injustice in general whenever mm-hmm. I would witness it or hear about any form of injustice I'd be deeply you know sad about it and I would just feel the need to get up and do something about it Um, and this was as I said the perfect opportunity for me to finally start getting involved and helping people who are suffering from injustices. I just want to take this opportunity to thank our production partner and sponsor Jano Media for their support in delivering this podcast. They've helped us to facilitate great conversations that connect us with our audience and their skills and expertise mean we can concentrate exclusively on generating great content to engage, inform and inspire. So, I mean, it's fair to say that this type of work has had an impact on you. Um, and I know we've spoken many times about that, but can you just, for the, for the people listening, what, what is the impact of Innocence Work personally for you and maybe kind of maybe more broadly for others, do you think? But let's start with you. Yeah, so for me, I think, as I said, because 
I've I've been wanting to get involved in, you know, work that helps people who suffer from injustice. Uh, clearly, um, this helped me find my my own place in these fights against injustice in general. And I think just seeing how how we can help our clients feels very fulfilling for me, even though it does take an emotional toll sometimes. Um, but, you know, that's of course part of it. Um, and I'm happy to do it. So why do you think then in your experience, and you've got vast experience, how many cases have you worked on now? I can't think. Um, three in total. Three in total. So why do you think innocence work is so needed in our criminal justice system? I think... Yeah, I think innocence work is really, really needed in our justice system because people who are wrongfully convicted really do need organizations like this in their corner to advocate for them, to work, to try to overturn their wrongful convictions um, because they really have nothing left after the appeals process, isn't it? Uh, there's no legal aid. They, there's no help for them. They're just left alone in a cell, forgotten about, really, after they've been, again, wrongfully convicted. I mean, you know, being in prison is an awful, awful and traumatic experience for everybody. But, you know, when you're innocent and you're there, you just feel like your life was just taken away from you all of a sudden. And without organizations like that, like us, they really have nobody in their corner to help them. When injustices take place, in the same rooms that were built to provide justice yeah. for people that can really distort one's sense of what justice even really is. And what it day. looks like, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more there. And how, how has working on the Innocence Project London helped your learning of the criminal justice system? I mean, think about when you first came in to what you, you know, what you knew then to what you knew now. How has that learning evolved? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't think even before I came to the Innocence Project and started working here, I I was aware that the criminal justice system is really, you know, not perfect. Of course you are. And You're a criminologist. Crim all criminologists are aware of these things. Oh, yes, of <clears> course. <throat> um, so I wasn't, you know, uh, deluded that it will be perfect and all of a sudden had this realization that actually it's not. But it really, the process of conducting casework, you know, and attending events, hearing to experts talking about innocence work and the process of trying to exonerate someone or in the UK prove that their conviction is unsafe has really showed me in a very, very detailed way just all the different ways in which our justice system is simply broken um, and how, you know, nobody cares about people who are wrongfully convicted. And I think that's what really, really struck me that, you know, I believe a criminal justice system should really take ownership and accountability and acknowledge that, you know, okay, we, we made a mistake. We've convicted somebody who should have never been convicted and they should really take this a lot more seriously than they're taking this because it's a very serious matter. It's someone, someone's life is at stake, uh, they get traumatized and their families and loved ones. There are so many people who suffer from this and the, working on the project, I think really showed me firsthand just how much the system doesn't care about that, unfortunately. Was that shocking to you when you first 
kind of found that out or, or has it been more shocking to find the extent to which miscarriages of justice and wrongful convictions kind of take place in terms of kind of how the evidence is used uh, or not used, how evidence is missed, those kinds of things? Um, yes, it was quite surprising because um, I I haven't always lived in Britain and I think, you know, in the country that coming from the criminal justice system there is quite notoriously corrupt. So I was sort of naively under the impression that it's going to be a lot better here, right? That uh, at least innocent people w will not be convicted or they will be treated very differently when they are convicted. And in terms of, you know, the evidence uh, and how it's used and not used. Yes, that was also quite shocking. I mean, you know, I've learned about the PACE codes uh, in uni before I started working on the project and I thought, because you know, the PACE code provides the police with really, you know, with, with guidelines about what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. So I thought that's a really useful piece of policy that will um, that will prevent a lot of these miscarriages of justice from happening. But the more I learned and the more cases I've looked into and listening to, you know, my other colleagues in the Innocence Project talking about their case, that was, yeah, it was quite shocking to see the extent to which the evidence is used, not used, and lost sometimes, um, or misplaced. Yes, lost. We had that case, didn't we? Oh, God, it was a few years ago now, where the, the murder weapon was a machete, mm. I think, and the police force involved lost the machete at trial, before the trial, and brought a replica off of eBay. Yeah. Um, to show in court and none of the students working on the case could actually believe that that had happened and on the murder weapon was obviously DNA and all sorts of things but it had just been seemingly lost somehow um, so yeah I think we do we get some we get some cases that are eyebrow raising don't we and we just kind of wonder wonder how yeah, how, just, how. <laughs> just yeah just simply quite simply how what what if I this is a, just a very basic question, but what has the Innocence Project London meant to you in terms of working on it for as long as you have? Hmm, that's a really good question. What is meant to me? Because I, mean, I, I know it means a lot to you, and I know <laughs> yeah. it's you know injustice, as you said, is something that you are very passionate about, um, and you articulate that so well. But what what has this type of work meant to you? Or does mean to you? God, not in the past tense. No, in the past You're still doing it. You're still doing it. For as long as you have me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, sorry, it's really hard to put into words, I feel like, how, what it actually means to me, because it means so much to me, if that even makes sense. Um, but, you know, I think it, it's, it's many things. It's a second family. It's a group of people with similar attitudes and similar mindsets and we, we come to get together and we work together to try to help you know other people that no one else seems to be willing to help and it really has this sort of feeling of a, a community a really strong community um and i know you're not supposed to you know associate work with family and things like that but it does feel like that a lot of a lot of the time, all the time. No, I'll take that. I think that's a lovely thing. That. I'll take that. <laughs> but what, I mean, I know from my own position that it's 
sometimes it's really hard to stay motivated because the number yeah. of times I get asked, so how many people have you got out of prison? And the answer, the bottom line is actually no, no one. Nobody. Um, and you have to then explain, you know, people then look at you as if to say, well, kind of what's your success? Why are you, what's, what is this something you were talking about? Why is this something you're going on about? And it's actually, it took me a while to get over that. It was like a really big I suppose, mountain or elephant in the room more than anything. It took me a while to figure out kind of, God, how do I respond to that? How, how do I come back from people saying that? And I think the point has always been to me that innocence work is, is, much, is much bigger than that in England and Wales. It is more about driving the education of individuals who are going to go and work in the criminal justice system, around the criminal justice system, or indeed in other sectors, mm. and inspiring them sufficiently to become advocates for innocence work, but also to become advocates for the awareness of the criminal justice system, and to pass that information on, but also to instill a passion into giving back and doing something with, the, with your education. Um, and, and doing that for a prolonged amount of time because you know what people go through people can either get their degree and not you know not take part in other things and not have other things that enhance their student experience they can just do the straightforward study route or people join in with things like this and they find friendship groups they find like-minded people they find a sense of belonging or they find that actually their voice is power and I think that seeing students that support innocence work or indeed give back in some form along the way or, or after kind of having this experience that that is a point of this kind of work that is a, definitely it's a strand of what we do but that to me is really a really important aspect of what we do and I, that I always come back to that point when I'm feeling you know a little bit demotivated or or flat I come back to that point and think, well, hold on, you know, these are these are going to be the next people that are going to go into being lawyers or they're going to go into being working in the probation service or police officers. And if they realize that what they have to do in their component part of that system is do the best they can do and improve it in some small way, then that's going to benefit the system as a whole. So what what in that sense kind of drives you? Because working, doing this kind of work for so long, it's it's emotionally draining and it is kind of, it's exhausting at times. So what, what helps you kind of carry on doing, doing it? Well, well, yeah, I mean, the biggest, biggest aspect is always helping, helping the client. Um, and I mean, can I come back to this after I address some of the points you mentioned uh, before? Because of course yeah, you can, of course you can. Yeah. I mean, though, the awareness work and the education work that Innocence Project London is doing, it's hugely, hugely important. And I, I, can't, I can't believe I didn't mention that when you asked me um, in the beginning. But yeah, absolutely. The fact that, you know, you have a number of students every year who learn from you. And I mean, dare I say, uh, but you are a really, really extraordinary role model and example for, oh, for all of them. I'm, I'm really certain of that. And as you said, you know, they will go out and do work around the criminal justice system, in the criminal justice system. And the fact that they will have this knowledge and they will be, you know, equipped with this sort of, you know, innocent sort of seed <laughs> um, and innocence project mindset, if we can call it that. But you know what I mean? The fact that they will go out there and whenever they will be faced with, 
you know, what they feel like could be an injustice in their role or anything like that. They can always be advocates for this and they can always correct people um, because I feel like the general public is quite, quite hugely unaware of the extent to which innocent people go to prison. I wouldn't disagree with you there, yeah. I think and, I do think that's the case, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, students who worked on the Innocence Project and, you know, they can speak to their families, they can speak to their friends, and whenever they have, you know, a situation in their lives when, um, you know, uh, they have the opportunity to correct people to, and to advocate for innocence work, they, they will do that. And that's hugely important because ultimately what drives policy change is public opinion. Mm. And unfortunately, the general public does take uh, most of their knowledge and information from mainstream media, you know, newspapers and television. And you don't really see cases of... Uh, innocent people being wrongfully convicted in mainstream media. Uh, thankfully, in the more recent years, there have been, you know, documentaries on Netflix um, and so on. But even then, I would say that probably most people who watch those are people who are already interested in that kind of topic. Mm -hmm. um, but the awareness work is definitely hugely important because it, the the criminal justice system is deeply broken and most people are not aware that it's deeply broken they think that they it works perfectly fine and if until they, they become part of it until they've drawn into it in some way shape or form yes yeah. and not only that but they do think uh, i would say that if the justice system has uh, needs any change that's only the need for more police officers on the street and yeah. being tougher on crime and that really, really punitive um, mindset. And does that drive you, do you think? Does that, is that something in terms of making sure that people, that people want to know more about our work, that you can generate awareness through your voice and through what you do? Is that a driver for you, for what you do? Yes, absolutely. Because I, I clearly see how hugely important public opinion is. So that is one of my motivators, yes. The fact that I can explain to people any chance I get what the reality is and what's actually happening in the criminal justice system, you know, and hopefully along that line, <laughs> a, lot of, a few of them are going to become interested in these issues and they're going to keep it in mind the next time they vote um, and so on. And yeah, coming back to your initial question. Um, I wanted to mention the example. Remember for my first case that I'm still working on, the first time we met our client and after we finished interviewing them, mm. um, he just looked us in the eye, basically, and he asked us, you know, after everything yeah. I've told you today, do you believe me? Do you believe I'm innocent? And we all looked at him and we said, yes, we do believe you. Yeah. And then he, he started crying. And then, you know, I started tearing up as well because it was quite an emotional moment because he said, after he started crying, he just said, do you have no idea how much this actually means to me? Because nobody really believed me. The judge didn't believe me. The jury didn't believe me. And to be quite frank, I don't even think my solicitors at the time believed me, mm. but 
the fact that you, you know, you took your time and you actually listened to me and you believe I'm innocent and you're going to work to try to, you know, overturn this conviction means so much to me. And I think whenever I feel a bit discouraged, you know, in my work, because As I said, that's the first case and I'm still working on it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that I think this just goes to show um, from maybe kind of different episodes where conversations have, have been where students maybe sometimes go, oh, we thought we'd get them out of prison in a year. Yeah. And it's not, it's a really long process. And when, you know, drawing an analogy with maybe some of the American cases, those individuals have been in prison for like 27 years. They've been worked on for maybe 10, 15 years, sometimes even longer, where they've tried one thing and it doesn't work. So they've had to go back and try another thing and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I, I take inspiration from that. I really do, because I think it's about, going back to that point that someone mentioned earlier, it's about having hope and not giving up. And I think that's something that us as an organization are very, very good at. Yeah. We're really good at not giving up. And we're really good at kind of saying, we need this. And if we can find this, this is what, you know, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to do it. Um, and that, I mean, from a criminologist's perspective, because you are a criminologist, how good has it been seeing other criminologists, you know, since your, you being the, one of the first, well, the first criminology cohort, how good has it been seeing more and more criminology students kind of join the Innocence Project London and undertake the work? It's been really, really great because I... I strongly believe that criminologists do have a really crucial input into this work because, and you know, not on their own, of course, I feel like literally the combination of law and criminology of students on cases and the way you distribute them is really helpful because we come from a very, you know, critical perspective of everything, um, but especially of the criminal justice system. Um, and so, You know, we're perhaps able to, you know, ask questions that, you know, maybe people who are not criminologists wouldn't ask um, and highlight, you know, different points um, and, you know, identifying all the ways in which we complement each other and all the ways in which we are similar to each other. And it, we always have that common goal, you know, yeah. um, overturning our clients' wrongful conviction and that really unites us that's um, yeah that's a really important and, aspect of the work isn't it yeah so if you could have your time again all those four and a half nearly five years ago would you work on the innocence project london every time would you choose would you choose innocence work again every time every time again and again <laughs> and again <laughs> It's been lovely talking to you. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Um, and long may you continue to contribute. And hopefully next time um, when we meet and you do another, record another episode with me, um, we'll be talking kind of about where your, your career is taking you and all the wonderful things that you're, that you're carrying on and doing. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Innocence Project London podcast. If you would like to hear more conversations like this, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. At Jano Media, we recognize that great content has the power to create impactful and positive change for lives and society. Whether that's video, live streams, photography, or podcasts, Partnering with us will enable you to harness the power of content to engage, inform, 
and inspire. Reach out to us today.